This is a great time to be a part of the hills. It's a healthy time. It's a time of momentum. You can feel God just doing great stuff. And my, what, a, what a great crowd here today. Uh, so, so delighted that, that you're here. To all of our guests, I want to just, uh, just go, go on record with April and just say we're glad you're here today. And we want you just to make yourself at home. Hey, uh, as April mentioned a moment ago, this is important. Take this home with you, these happenings, because this is telling you the, the big things that are going on. There's other stuff happening around the hills. But these are the big things that we don't want you for, to forget. So take it home, put it on your refrigerator, or as my mama calls it, an icebox. How many of y'all still call it an icebox? Anybody? No, that, that you? Yeah, Mississippi and my mama call it an icebox. That's right. And Ryland calls it icebox. What's up, Ry? Okay. Uh, and then on the back of it is I'm going to be teaching today. And if you'd like to take notes, I'd recommend you do it because I really feel like today that... Um, that I have a, a message that's going to help you next week. And I believe it's going to help you uh, the rest of your life. We're concluding a series called Frequently Asked Questions, in which we have, we've uh, touched on four different topics. First question that we uh, talked about was, what is my purpose? Secondly, how can I find peace? Um, had a great, some great response from that one, especially people that have been walking through tough times and just those seven steps helped them. And then Brian Larson just crushed it when he spoke on why do I keep attracting the wrong people in my life? And then last week I spoke on how do I overcome and break the cycles in my life? These are the questions that we get as ministers. And here's another one that I want to dive in today. And again, I'm really excited about it because I think it's going to help you walk some things out and that is, how do I deal with disappointment? Yeah, a little go, mm, on that one right there. Anybody ever been disappointed? Just raise your hand. Anybody wake up disappointed today? Huh? Don't be nudging your spouse. Stop right now. Yeah, I was okay. I rolled over and looked at you, and then there it was. No, don't say that. Would not be the thing to say. Would not be good. Disappointment. How do I deal with disappointment? We face disappointment daily. And uh, someone once said, we're going to have disappointment. It's how we deal with disappointment that makes the difference. And that person was me in the early service, all right? (laughs) But I'd like to add something to that and say, it's not just how we deal with disappointment that makes the difference. It's how we view disappointment that makes the difference. How do you look at it? Or if you're taking notes, you can write this down. How do I define disappointments. Remember, the question we're trying to answer today is, how do I deal with disappointment? First of all, you need to find out how you define disappointment. So I want to take the first portion of this message, and I want to talk about the definition of disappointment, and then we're going to really get into and and break it down and talk about what I feel like God wants us to talk about today. So, Lord, I'm just praying right now for your sweet presence to be here. I'm praying, God, that hearts would be open, that minds would be open, that, God, people that have battled with disappointment, battled with bitterness and anxiety and anxiousness, God, the people, God, that, that being disappointed about situations and circumstances and by people in their life, that today you would just turn a light on and that things would shift, that things would change. I pray, God, not just for your word to go forth, but that your spirit would move today, God. 
and that hearts would be changed and transformed. Can I get an amen on that one today? Defining disappointment, which means this, understanding what disappointment is and understanding what disappointment is not. Because if you can figure out what it is, then you're going to figure out what it is not. Romans chapter 5 and verse 5 is going to be our text today. I'm going to hit it and then we'll come back to it a little later on in the message. Romans 5 and 5. Now hope does not... Y'all ready? Now hope does not disappoint. Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. If you notice the two words that are going together here, disappointment and hope, these two words that are synonymous. And that's because hope is all about expectation, which is what disappoints us. For example, I am hoping that that situation changes. I have a hope that my expectation is that situation is going to change. Or I hope that that person doesn't do that again. Or I hope that that person does that again. My hope is this. Or I hope that I can. I hope that we can. And so you put this hope out and there's expectations that are attached to it. And then when those expectations don't come to pass, then you are. So y'all going to have to help me today because I already preached one time. Need y'all to help me the second time. All right. When those expectations aren't fulfilled, then you are. All right. The English translation, y'all know I love word study. If you're first time here, you'll, by the time we're done today, you'll know I love word study. I like to take a word and just really break it down. The word disappointment in the English translation means this, to fail to fulfill the hopes or expectations. I have an expectation. I have a hope that, that this is going to work out. And when that fails to be fulfilled, then I am disappointed. Another translation or another definition is going into the actual root word, where the word disappointment comes from. And because I'm just brilliant, I went in and really studied this, and I found that it's an old French word. It's not even used anymore. And I'm going to try in my Mississippi vernacular to pronounce an old French word. So I'm going to need you all to pray for me right now. Just stretch your hand out. Pray for Pastor John. Here we go. No, I'm not going to do it. It's terrible. Is that right? No. Okay, y'all get it, right? Disappointment comes from this old French word that I can't pronounce, but it means this, to remove from office or to impeach from an appointed position. So in other words, you have this position that you have been appointed to or you feel like you've been appointed to, but then because the expectations weren't fulfilled, you are disappointed. You're removed. So disappointment has to do with two things. I want you to write these two words down because we're going to be dealing with them throughout the rest of this message. Disappointment has to do with two things. Number one, expectation. And number two, appointment. Say it with me. Expectation and appointment. So here's how we'll explain it. So disappointment happens 
when you felt like you were appointed to a certain position and that appointment comes with certain expectations, all right? So in other words, if we elect you to be president, we're appointing you to a certain position. And how many would say that that position has some expectations, right? Or when you were appointed to be a spouse, or when you were appointed to be a coach, or a teacher, or a manager, or a father, you're appointed to this position, and that position has expectations. But when those expectations are not fulfilled, then that is when you feel disappointment. Disappointment really depends on who or what you're placing your hope in. Three areas of disappointment in our life that we're going to talk about over the next little while. Number one is people. Anybody have been disappointed by a people? My daddy says people are fickle, son. Y'all know what fickle means? You can look that up. It means they change. They go around with a wind. Wind's going this way, they're going this way. Wind's going this way, they're going that way. They love you one minute and don't like you the next. People are fickle. They change. How many of y'all are fickle? Y'all change. Raise your hand. Yep, you do. We do. That's right. People disappoint us. Situations disappoint us. And then probably lastly, but what should be first, myself disappoints us. Me. I disappoint me. So disappointment comes when I put my hope in the wrong thing. When I put my hope in a person, when I put my hope in a situation, or when I put my hope in myself, that's when disappointment happens. I want you to write this down. Disappointment happens when I put my hope in the wrong thing, and it's the wrong thing if it's not Jesus. God bless y'all. We'll see y'all next Sunday. Have a great lunch. That's the message right there. Disappointment happens when I put my hope in the wrong thing and it's always the wrong thing if it ain't Jesus. Let's talk about expectation for just a moment. He will never let you down. Look at me. I'm going to let you down. I'm going to offend you. I'm going to say something you don't like. I'm going to wear something you don't like. The person sitting beside you, you're going to do something you don't like. Their breath and all that stuff. There's stuff going on you don't like. Situations are not going to work out like you thought they would. You are going to have your expectations and hopes messed up in situations and in people. Now get ready for this. You are going to disappoint you. You're going to disappoint yourself. You're going to put hope in you. But it's not going to work out. But... Every time you put your hope in God, He comes through. Every time. Matter of fact, He doesn't just come through. He blows everything away. Let me read you a couple of scripture. Isaiah 49 and 23 says this. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Those who hope in me will not be Come on, I'm going to do another one. Y'all better be ready on this next one. Psalms 22, 4 and 5. In you our fathers trusted. They trusted and you delivered them. To you they cried out and they were delivered. In you they trusted. Y'all ready? And they were not disappointed. 
Got one more, all right? First Peter 2 and 6. For this is contained in the Scripture. Peter's saying, the Scripture says this. Behold, I lay in Zion a choice stone, a precious cornerstone. And he who believes in him will not be disappointed. He will not disappoint you. No matter what your expectations of him are. No matter. His grace will not disappoint you. His love will not disappoint you. His passion will not disappoint you. His power will not disappoint you. You can put whatever expectations you want on Him. Matter of fact, Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20 says this, Now to Him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly. How many of y'all love when somebody exceeds your expectations? Come on, you know. Going to eat dinner and that band, that, that place was so good. I heard they were good, but that was exceedingly good. How many of y'all like when somebody is just abundant? They just go crazy. You thought you were going to get one thing, but you get more and more and more. He said he is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all. That, how many of y'all are asking God for a lot of stuff? And yet he can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Look at your neighbor, clear your throat, and say he will never disappoint you. All right, hold up. That right there, I told you I'll do something. You didn't do it, all right? Look at your neighbor. Some of you, right? You didn't even look at your neighbor. Look at your neighbor. Clear your throat and say, he will never disappoint you. Those who place their hope in God will never be disappointed. So we got that cleared up, right? We ready? Now I want to talk about dealing with the disappointment that we have on a daily basis. I hope that what we're talking about today is going to change the way you look at disappointment, the way you look at life, the way you look at people, and the way you look at others. Let me talk about you first of all. Like that guy said, enough about me. Let's talk about something else. What do you think about me? Let's talk about us for just a minute, okay? Let's talk about how many of you get disappointed in yourself? Come on, I'm going to do better. I'm not going to do that ever again. I know I do. I, I think, man, I thought I would be there by now. You know, you look at your age, you look at, you start trying to compare yourself and quantify who you are. And Man, I thought, I thought I would have this by now. I thought I'd be better by now. I thought I'd break that cycle by now. Is it just me? Come on. And so there's this thing that starts coming on me. I'm like, man, I... I know I could do better. I know I could be. But I want us to get back to our text, Romans chapter 5. We, we read verse 5. I want to roll up to verse chapter 1. And let's find out about this hope that Romans is talking about. Because remember our text? Hope does not disappoint. But how many of y'all have ever been disappointed by hope? Come on, raise your hand. You know you have. I hope. Uh, it didn't work. So... We know the Bible's true. It's not lying to us. And so let's roll back up and see what kind of hope that Paul is talking about. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. Here we go. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Our one translation says, we rejoice in the hope that we will share in His glory. 
And this hope never disappoints. Now, when you read that, you can just read it quickly. Rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Okay. Are we rejoicing in the hope that we're going to share in His glory and not understand what that really means? Here's what this means. That Jesus Christ gave His life not so you could get out of hell and into heaven. He gave His life so you could join the family of God and you could be a child of God. I know you thought when you confessed your sins and did what you did, that was just, I'm out of hell now. I'm going to go to heaven. No, it's about you taking on son and daughtership of God and walking in that access and authority that Jesus Christ bled for you to have. And that means not being disappointed. That means living an abundant life. That's what that means. And so here's what he's saying. We rejoice in the hope that we're going to share in his glory. That's, here's what he's saying. We rejoice in the hope that I am his child right now. And because I'm his child, I am also an heir of God. That means this. I get to share in his glory. I am a joint heir with Jesus Christ. That's the hope we rejoice in. We don't rejoice in the hope that I'm just going to get through another day. We don't rejoice in the hope that, well, I'm going to make it through my marriage and I'm going to do. No, we rejoice in the hope that there is a day I'm going to share in the glory of God. This hope never disappoints. We read a scripture at the early service. I'm going to read it again. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15 and 19. Can you bring that up for me real quick? 1 Corinthians 15 and 19. Now, I've heard this scripture preached a lot, and I've heard it misquoted many times. Here's how it's normally quoted. If in this life only we have hope, we are of all men most miserable. How many ever heard that before? That ain't what it says. It says, if in this life only we have hope in Christ... We are of all men most miserable. Everybody look at me. Here's what that's saying. He's saying this. If you are limiting Christ to just this life, that's a miserable life. If you are limiting him to him just getting you through today, just getting you through tomorrow, you're going to live a miserable, stinking, stale, boring life. Jesus Christ said, I didn't die just so y'all could enjoy tomorrow. I died so that you could live with me in heaven for eternity and share in my glory. Thank you for those two people that just believe that word right there. I want you to understand, Jesus Christ is not a cosmic Santa Claus. He's not not a bail me out God, help me quickly. He is here to help us get there. He wants us to share in His glory. That's the hope that we have. If you just get through 25 years of marriage and they give you something silver and you, well, we did it, and that's it? How boring is that? Well, if I can just get these kids to graduate without doing something stupid, I'm going to be successful. (laughs) They're going to do something stupid, first of all, just so you know that. That's not what it's about. If I can just make enough money to retire and get me a little place in Seaside or just get other... What a boring life! He died so that we could share in His glory and the fullness of who He is. Not just get by. Miserable life is just to be a Christian. 
miserable. Because you're just keeping him. I'm just a believer. I believe in Jesus. No, an overcoming life is this. He got me going somewhere that I can't get by myself. Because he bled, shed his blood, and resurrected, I'm going to get to share in the glory of Jesus Christ. In other words, understanding what he appointed you to be. Disappointment comes when you feel like you're not living up to your appointment. Right? And you put these mindsets on yourself and you put these, these, I got to do this by this age and I got to have this much money and I got to hit this metric and that metric. And when you don't, you've appointed yourself to something and so you feel disappointed. So how do I deal with me when I look in the mirror and I don't like what I see? I've got to remember what he appointed me to be. And he appointed me to be his child. He appointed me to be his joint heir. 1 Peter 2 and 9 says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's how he sees you. He appointed you to be his own special possession. He appointed you to be a, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. So when you don't feel holy and you don't feel royal and you don't feel special, you're looking at how you were appointed yourself to be. That's where you need to say, God, you appointed me to something bigger and better than that, something greater than this. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. He has appointed me to be his child. He has appointed me to be his heir. Jeremiah 1 and 5, look at this in one of my favorites. God said, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I set you apart and I, what? Appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Jeremiah, before you were even thought of, son, I had already appointed you to accomplish something I wanted you to do. Look at me. You, same thing. Before you were formed in your mama's belly, he had already appointed you to something. He wants you to achieve something. He wants you to accomplish something. He doesn't want you to do something. He wants you to be something. He wants you to be what he called you to be. And here's what I like to say to y'all. He's God, you know. And when he names the day, day, guess what? It doesn't stop doing what it does. This morning you woke up. You weren't worried that the sun was going to come up, did you? No, it does because it's day. That's what God does it. When God appoints you to something, it's going to happen. It's going to be accomplished. So, once God has appointed you to something, you can never be disappointed from that position. That's more than good. That's freaking incredible right there. That's life change. Because what happens is, we look in the mirror... We begin to judge ourselves with the statistics. We begin to look at and we feel disappointed. But what you're disappointed in is where you appointed yourself. That's never where God appointed you to. So listen, when you mess up, when you when you do things you don't want to do, when you don't things you know you when you don't do things you know you need to do, you got to stop yourself and quit looking at yourself in that appointment. You got to look at yourself the way God appointed you to, and you put your hope in that. It also changes the way you deal with people. Remember we talked about the three things that disappoint us? Us, people, and situations. 
Having this mindset changes the way you deal with people. Anybody ever been disappointed by people? Like this morning? Disappointment with people comes when you feel like you were appointed to a certain position in their life. Okay? Stay with me. I feel like I'm appointed to this position in your life. I'm appointed in the position of a friend or a spouse or a confidant. Okay? But along with that position, that appointment, remember what comes with the appointment? What? Expectations. So you feel like you're appointed to this certain relationship, but when those people don't fulfill the expectations that go along with that appointment, what do you feel? Disappointed. I thought thought we were friends. You and I, we're... We're friends. But you're not, you're not living up to the expectations of that. What do you mean you're leaving me? We said I do. Remember that in front of everybody? And you're just going to walk out? What do you mean, Dad? You're just going to leave me, Dad? You're going to walk out of my life? I trusted you. I put you in, I pointed myself as a confidant. We're, I, tr- I told you things that you weren't supposed to tell anybody. You told people. Am I speaking to anybody now? Yes, See, you've been appointed to this position, and then they don't live up to what needs to happen in that appointment, and so you feel disappointed. So here's how you deal with it. you got to look at it. Just like we talked about yourself. When you look in the mirror and you don't like what you see, you got to say, who did God appoint me to be? Same thing with that relationship. you got to look at that person and you got to figure out who God appointed you to be in their life. Listen to me. This is going to help. This is going to help some of you right now. It's helping me right now, even as I'm saying it. Look at that situation and find out what is your God appointment in that situation. Let me give you a great example. Evan, y'all know Evan. Evan was at the early service today, and I used him as an example. That's what you get when you're a preacher's kid. You just get used as an example. That's just how it is. Uh, Evan is now almost as tall as me, probably stronger than me, uh, can definitely beat me in basketball, but that's it. That's all. Everything else, I can just wear him out on it, just nothing else. Uh, it was probably a year or so, two years ago, Evan was kind of coming into his own. Evan's a late bloomer. And he kind of coming into his own. And one day I said, hey, I need you to do so-and-so. And And he kind of bowed up on me a little bit. Evan's a sweet-natured guy, but he's got his mindset to something. It's just, he's very focused, you know, do this thing. And I I got him in one of his focus moments, and I said, hey, I need you to go do something. And he's like, I can't do that right now. Whatever it was, I'm whoo. And then I said, no, I need you to do it right now. And he said, I I can't, I'm not going to do that right now. Oh, my goodness. I started walking toward him and he stood up. I was like, this is about to go down. But I mean, we got up like face to face, nose to nose. I literally thought it was getting ready to happen right there. I've never even been in a fight before. I'm going to go with my own son. Been in many fights before. 
That's another sermon, though. Probably a series. <laughs> and I was like, boy? And Brian and all this, thank God, Kristen said, y'all shut up and sit down, both of y'all. Kristen. Now, thankfully, it was just this. We both kind of stopped. They're like, all right, we're getting ready to regret, regret this. Something's getting ready to happen. This is not cool. Backed away. And I walked in the other room. And, man, God began to teach me a valuable lesson that I want to share with you. It's not only impacted my relationship with Evan. I would say that Evan and Davis and I now have the greatest relationship that any father could have. I'm just so honored. Uh, it's it's impacted our marriage. It's impacted every area of my life, the way I pastor. And that's this. The Lord clearly spoke to me in that heated moment. And he said, I did not appoint you to be a man in Evan's life. And you're reacting like a man. How dare you bow up on me, boy? We're about to go. That's a man. That's what a man does, you know? He said, I appointed you to be his father. Act like a father. And I begin to think about how I deal with Kristen sometimes as a man. You know, I'm a man. Don't question that or I got needs, baby. I'm a man. <laughs> Pastors have needs? Yeah, yeah. What's up, girl? No, sit down. There are those, you know, it's like a man. God said, I didn't call you to be a man in her life. I called you to be her husband. And to give your life for her if you have to. Lay down your selfishness. When you're in that situation, you feel disappointed. You need to re-examine your appointment in that person's life. Because more than likely what you've done is you've put yourself into a position in their life that they don't see you that way. They don't see you that way. And you're like, well, this is what I'm going to be. I, I didn't know. You never told me we were going to do that. A lot of times we put expectations on people and don't even tell them, don't we? And then we get upset because they don't live up to them. I, what? I didn't know anything about the expectation. And... With a boss. You know, I've had to do this with pastoring. As a pastor, there are times I want to be buddy and want to be friend. And I had to learn a lesson. I didn't call you to be buddy and be friend. I called you to be pastor. I, now, if I can do both, awesome. But if i got to pick between being your buddy and being your pastor, I have to pick pastor. And you just go down the line. Did God appoint you in their life to be a teacher, to be a coach, to be a friend? What has God appointed you in their life to be? Not what you appointed yourself to be. And I'm going to tell you one thing he never appoints you to be is somebody's savior. There's only one of them. And it ain't you. But I will tell you what he's always appointed you to be. When you don't know, when you're like, how am I going to handle this situation? He has always called us to be a servant. Always. So if you question, just go with that one. Now wait, not slave. Huge difference. Slave don't get to do it. They got to do it. Servant does it voluntarily. And I'm preaching good today. This is good stuff. I know I, I like it when it's helping me, you know. It's how you look at someone and you go, you may let me down, but you don't disappoint me. Because I'm still who God appointed me to be.
It's how you can look at someone and say, you may leave me, but you're not taking my hope with you. Because my hope is not in you. You may fire me, but my hope will not die. Because my hope is not in that situation. Let me talk about situations. Situations disappoint us, disappoint us because we thought they would turn out different. How many of you ever had a situation you're like, that, I know how that's going to go down. And it, we thought we would be in a different position in that situation. Many times because we put too high of an expectation on it. Too many expectations on it. Like, man, I'm going to roll into Nashville and I'm going to write a hit song. Everybody going to know me. Probably not. Just going to tell you right now. Probably not. More than likely, not going to happen. These expectations so high. You know, it's, it's what Jesus said. Je- Jesus said, look, don't roll into a place and just go up to the, fr- first, the front table. Walk in as a servant. Let, be invited to the table. Come on up. Come on, come on up here. And I said it a couple weeks ago, we get offended because we feel entitled. Some people just walk in and feel like they're entitled to the front table or the stage or whatever, right? Just going to roll right up. And then when they don't want you, what? Not me? What? The Bible also says, don't think of yourself more highly than you all. You put these expectations on yourself, man. This is what this situation is going to be like. It's going to happen. I'm going to just make it. I'm going to. I'm going to just destroy all the all the sales records, and man, it's going to be amazing. And then when it doesn't happen, you're disappointed because you put your hope in that situation. So the way you stop being disappointed in situations is you look at that situation that didn't work out the way you thought it was going to work out and you say this, what did God appoint me to be in this situation? And I can tell you what it's always going to be. His ambassador. He will send you into a situation to represent him. To be his light. Even when you don't like it. Even when it goes against everything that you thought you were going to do. If you're in a situation that you don't, it's not working out the way, you need to stop and you need to say this. I cannot control this situation, but I can control what I put my hope in. And I am making a decision to put my hope in what God has appointed me to be. I cannot control people, but I can control what I put my hope in. And my hope is in what God has appointed me to be. Write this down. and We're going to end today. People should not determine your peace. If there's somebody that just makes you go cray cray. When they do that thing they do. You've appointed yourself to something in their life that you're not supposed to be in. And also, my situation should not determine my sanity. Well, if I could just win that lottery, man. If I could just, if I could just get that promotion. If I could just get that job. If I could just, if I could, if I could just, if this would change. No. That's not it. My hope has to be in Him. So instead of putting my hope in myself, instead of putting my hope in people, instead of putting my hope in my situation, I suggest that we put our hope in Him and all that He has for us.
One more passage of scripture. John, would you come? One more passage of scripture. Romans chapter 10 and verse 9. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. How many believe that? How many are thankful for that? For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness. And with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. Let me tell you something. I don't care what you're walking through. I don't care how bad you've been done. If you put your faith in Him, you can never be disappointed from what He's called you to be. How many receive that word this morning? Come on, do you receive it in your heart? Come on, not just a hand clap. You receive it in your heart today. Yeah.